please welcome a big 98 not out welcome to Mr. David English. David, are you there? Dazzler, I'm proud and privileged and honoured to be on your programme. And Webby, nice to talk to you as well. It's a pleasure, dear chap. <laughs> Fire away. So you mean good for... How are you spending uh, lockdown and bonfire night? Well, it's very strange, really. Yeah, with bonfire night, you know, because I've got all the bumberies here, you know. Ah. Um, it's, it's, I feel... As though I'm in solitary confinement in peacetime. I, it's a straight, I'm 74, Dazzler. Never, ever had this situation where we've always, you know, England is great freedom. I always think life's like a roundabout. You know, you, you spot the best ride and then you get on it, do your best, and everything's possible. But now I feel as though we're trapped. So to answer your question, I'm, I'm at home and very glad to talk to you. Excellent. Now, I've got requests. I've told various people, and I put it across social media, that you're appearing tonight. Yeah. Uh, and that's fired up a few people to say, make sure you say hi from me. So, um, I've got Don Topley says hello. Oh, fantastic. Don and uh, Reese. Reese is back now. He is. He is. is. Bunbury, um, and Don, his dad, chip off the old block. Brilliant. They, they look very, very similar, don't they? <laughs> well, they do, but I tell you, quite a few of the Essex lads are bummers. You know, Chris Silverwood, Gucci, of course, Paul Pritchard. Uh, and whatever, what, I mean, whatever became of those guys? I mean, did they ever do anything? There's <laughs> 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 a bloke called Wesley, a bloke called Ravi. Uh, cool, yeah. Bampara, Bopara. <laughs> uh, John Charles, no, the Essex lads are always great. And, uh, yeah. And we, ha we had a festival at Felstead School a few uh, years ago, guys, and it was terrific there. Really great. Yeah, good, good setting as well down there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Now, those of you that are listening thinking, who is this David English bloke? Why are you playing the Bee Gees and whatever else? Let me just give um, you Philistine listeners that don't know, <laughs> let me just explain a brief history, a potted history of David English. So, um, Lord's Ground Staff, 1963. Uh, then went on to play for Middlesex Seconds. Joined the London Evening News in 1966. And then it starts. Head of Press and Publicity for Decca Records in 1971. Now, Decca, if you know your music and if you know your 60s and 70s music, Decca was the label. Um, and here we find Mr. English rubbing shoulders with the Rolling Stones, Tom Jones, etc., etc. In 1973, founded RSO Records with Robert Stigwood. Now, there's a name. Uh, and that got him managing, or they got you managing Eric Clapton yeah. and the Beatles. And the Bee Gees. The Beatles. The Beatles. The Bee Gees. Yeah, the Bee Gees. <laughs> what am I talking about? No, no, that was somebody else. <laughs> I'm getting too carried away. I'm getting too excited, yeah, David. Yeah. I'm getting too excited. The Bee Gees. Yeah. Uh, and oversaw records such as Saturday Night Fever, Layla. Uh, Amazing. We'll talk about this all in a second. I want you to put some colour on all of this. Um, as well as being the president of, the, of RSO Records, went into acting and appeared in over 100 films, TV and theatre uh, productions, including, what a film, A Bridge Too Far with Robert Redford. Yeah. Serious film, that and, is. And Sean Connery. Ah, of course. Robert Redford, yeah. James Caan, Gene Hackman, Dirk Bogart was there, Michael Caine. Anthony Hopkins. But they were only there because of you, weren't they, That's Sean? That's right, they were there. <laughs> <laughs> they were just the kind of uh, support actors. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, while we're there, now, now, now tell us, uh, I, 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 you've got so many stories, uh, yeah. but let me start with this one. Let's, let's tell us all about A Bridge Too Far and, and, uh, and those, uh, those mighty actors that you were rubbing shoulders with. Well, well this was really great, but it was... Um, so Richard Attenborough was holding auditions at the, the dance centre and Dickie Boy, and I, and I went in there, there's 2,000 actors there, out of work, and uh, 
Dave Tomlin, the first assistant director, said, right, oh, Sir Richard's going to see you six at a time. You've got five seconds to tell him why you should be in a bridge too far. And he said, Davey, darling, now you, you, you're a cricketer. I said, that's right, Sir Richard. Let me be the grenade thrower. <laughs> I will hurl your grenade. I said, buy that down, Dave. Put that down, Dave. Grenade thrower. Okay, so anyway, we have the call back, Tesla, and we go to Twickenham Studios, and we're down to 500. And eventually, he picks out um, 30 of us. I was second. Liverpool, Frank was first. Right, like, you know, speaks like that. And number two, David English, the cricketer, all that thing about grenade throwing and all that. So anyway, we go uh, to Dave and Ter, uh, in Holland, 1976. And what I said to Sir Richard Attenborough, guys, you're going to love this. I said, look, Dickie, when you're setting up scenes on the bomb sites and all the tanks and all that, I will have little cricket matches. We'll have little games in between. The he said, that's a good idea. Keep them all happy. So I met all these actors. Great. Lord Olivier, Sean Connery, <laughs> uh, Redford. Listen to this, Webby. It's fantastic. James Kahn, Gene Hackman, Dirk Bogart, Anthony Hopkins, Ryan O'Neill, Maximilian Schell, the German... And I got them all playing, and we actually had a big game on this burnt-out bomb site <laughs> in this war film. Uh, and I said, what we'll do, Dickie, we'll call us like, the APA, Attenborough's Private Army. <laughs> so the APA 11 took on the world's greatest film stars. And we're playing, Bridgeview and there's Messerschmitts flying around, <laughs> Wolves and Spitfires and all this going on. And this game of cricket, was, and Olivier loved it. Oh, I'm off-break bowler, I'm an off-break bowler. <laughs> Michael Caine was going, do you know, do you know, he was doing all that. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, and they all really got into the cricket. But I must tell you this, Webby and Daz, that Sean Connery, who was a really good bloke, you know, like this, we had to do a night shoot. And it was the hottest summer in 1976, so there was no rain. And it was had to have rain, so we had the wind machine on with hoses, and we're walking through with our machine guns and stuff like that, following Sean Connery, who played General Urquhart. And then it, it, the end of the scene was, you know, right, cut, break, okay. And so I get the bat out. So we all get the old bat out, and we all start <laughs> playing cricket. Anyway, Joe Levine, the, the uh, big producer from... Los Angeles, he comes in, and the next day you see the rushes, which is really the filming you've done the previous day. Hey, Dickie, okay, let's have a look at the rushes. Come on, Dickie, put it on, put it on. And there it is, Sean Connery, and all playing like that, and suddenly he went, what the? Are you right, Joe? What the? And there, in the corner of the screen, was 12 blokes playing cricket against a tiger tank. <laughs> and it cost him $200,000, lads. It was absolutely wrecked. And Dickie said, Davey, you've cost me $200,000. I think we'd better be careful with our cricket team in the future. That's the God's truth. Were there any of them any good? Yeah, they were. They were. They, some of Robert Redford, he took it very seriously. Left-hander. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, good-looking bloke. And, and he, he, I was asking him what was Steve McQueen like. He said he would have loved this. You know, he'd love this playing cricket. Um, Gene Hackman, very strong. Dirt Bogart, quite kind of wily, leg break bowler. <laughs> uh, Anthony Hopkins thought the whole thing was a hoot. And uh, so whenever we just, the cameras stop, lads, out comes the bat and we're playing behind tanks and uh, on bomb sites and whatever. And that was 1976. Yeah. That's quite 10 years before the Bunburys were formed. Yeah, the bat, that's exactly right. Was this the it, idea, though? Was this where yeah. it all started? Well, well, no, what happened was that um, I was doing a program called You and Me on the BBC. You and Me, Me and You, lots and lots of things. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. 
And we're up at Mill Hill Village, and I'm with my illustrator, the guy who did all the animation, and a rabbit ran across the field. I said, look, there's Ian Bunton. And there's Viv Radish. (laughs) And Dennis Lettis from Australia, and Viv Radish from Bunny (laughs) Bader. And and, and while I was rabbiting on, excuse the pun, Jan was drawing. And it led to 16 books. And we wrote 16 books, Lure Buns, uh, Bunbury Tales, Bunny Bados, and we had all these little rabbits characters. And um, that's how it started. And so I thought, thought well, what am I going to do? I'll, I'll, I'll form a celebrity team. We'll have a laugh. <laughs> so I went to my boys, Eric Clapton, who knows nothing about cricket at all. I said, look, El, all you've got to do is just turn up. <laughs> so we went to his old school, Ripley Court School in Surrey, lads. And it was 19, when did he start? 1986. And Eric Clapton was at first slip uh, with a glass of red wine and a fag on. Bill Wyman <laughs> was looking the wrong way. We had Dennis Waterman. Phil Collins kept wicket. There was, um, I'm remembering them all, there was um, Ringo Starr, Leslie Grantham, and it started raining, and 5,000 people came and saw these nutters in the rain, and we raised 27 grand for the Royal Marsden Hospital in Guildford, and I thought, well, this is fantastic. I said, let's call it the Bunbury uh, 11 after my children's books. And that's what we did. We played every Sunday, and so far we've, we've raised 17 million quid for different charities and having the greatest time of our lives. And uh, uh, they've all played in the, in the team, and uh, that was it. But Eric, Eric knew nothing about cricket, but he got into it. And, uh, and then the Bee Gees came and played, and anybody I could get hold of who was... Um, slightly famous or whatever i just give them a pull over and a cap and they became a bunbury and um that's how it started of course you got some famous cricketers themselves to get involved didn't yeah, you yeah beefy beefy was fantastic I, I went down to somerset and saw him and viv okay david you don't mind it david hey brother man yeah man man david man you that was both of them after one of viv's <laughs> cigarettes though wasn't it <laughs> lord beefy lord, lord both of them yes lord beefy yeah <laughs> lord beefy and he said, and he called me the loon. He said, you're a loon. I said, that's all right, Beef, don't worry about it. He said, what's all this Bunbury stuff? I said, you've got to come and play. So we had a game at Taunton, and we had Viv playing and Joel and Beefy, and we had thousands of people there. And he said, look, Looney, I do these charity walks, and I'd like you to come along and entertain the troops, keep the old morale up, the old spirit. So we go on these walks, lads, right, 25 miles. So I thought, this is ridiculous. So this taxi pulled up. He said, are you struggling, mate? He said, go on, nip in the back, get in the back. <laughs> so I got in the back of this taxi, and we're right at the back of all the walkers, and every time we got to town, I used to get out and see him. Beef, he said, where are you, Loon? Where have you been? I said, I'm out the back, Beef, keeping morale going, spirit. You know, everything's going, what I'm doing well. He said, good lad, keep going. Until one day, the taxi overtook him, and he saw me in the back of this Oh, taxi. no, disaster. Yeah. And he threw me in the river. <laughs> he me straight in the river, lad. And that was, that was my, uh, so after that, I had to walk with him all the time. Yeah, fantastic. It's a good point because, you know, um, a lot of eyebrows were raised recently when um, Beefy was, uh, was given the peerage. Yeah. And there was a lot of people saying, you know, what for? What's he ever done? Oh, playing cricket. But I think people don't really realise that just how much he's done away from cricket and how much he's done for charity and all these wonderful causes. Dazzler, you couldn't be more correct. He's the most charitable fellow. He's very strong. He's a strong bloke on the field and off the field. And if he gets something in his head, nothing will stop him. Uh, like the Bunburys, he liked that, so he supported me. And the walks and the money he's raised for leukemia research is fantastic. 
and he has a, he's always got charitable causes. He always wants to help those who are less fortunate. And then I started my school's festival, uh, 1987, the Bunbury Festival. And I said, look, Beef, you've got to help me here. I want to give the youngsters the best chance to fulfill their ambition to play for England. He said, okay, Looney, you, you help me on the walks and all this and everything, and, and I'll come and help you. So the first one was at Harrow School, and the first boy to actually play for England, uh, 1987, was John Crawley, and there was Ronnie Irani, and they were under 15. And what it was, lads, Webby and Daz, you, to get to the Bunbury Festival, you've got to play for your school team, your county, your region. Then you come to Bunbury Festival, and the four regions, that's uh, South and West, uh, London, the East, North and Midlands play each other in a round-robin uh, situation. And then at the end of the week, we get the best 11. And then they go to Lords, and we play the MCC schools. And so it's school, county, region, Bunbury Festival. And then they go England under-19s, and then England. And so far, in 34 years, 114 Bunburys have played for England. Most recently was Zach Crawley, Dom Sibley, Ollie Hope, um, Pope, beg your pardon, um, in fact, the current England team, apart from Joffre Archer, are all Bunbury boys. Wow. All, all came to this festival. So, so that's great, isn't it? Well, that means if they pull off their batting helmets, that a couple of big ears are going to pop out, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in the top pocket, yeah, exactly. So, so, so Beefy is a great bloke, and I'm glad he's Lord Beefy. He does so much for this country. He's at England through and through. And we became very close friends, and he helped me, and I helped him. Excellent. Excellent. And as we learned from David Gow, and we had David Gow on this show yeah, yeah. a few weeks ago, um, Beefy works hard, but he plays hard as well, doesn't he? He does. Have you been on the end of one of those legendary uh, uh, um, evening sessions? Well, we were in Australia, and we were doing a show called The King and I. And on the poster, Viv was the king, um, Beefy was I, and I was and. <laughs> I was lucky to be and on this poster, lads, right? This is God's truth. And we're flying all around Australia, doing these nights, question and answer, and fatal. We're in this plane one day, and the, and the pilot said, Hey, Beefy, you know, fantastic. Is there anything I can do for you? What, what would make you happy, Beefy? Tell me. He said, well, I wouldn't mind having a go at the controls. <laughs> oh, it's <been a pleasure. laughs> yeah, Viv Richards, he's at the back. He's got sweat on. Oh, cool, no. Here we go, here we go. He said, Looney, where's that beach? That beach that uh, everybody goes to. I said, well, I think it's over there somewhere. So we dive bomb. We dive bomb this beach. We go, whoa. People kind of covering up. <laughs> God's truth. And we land in this place where we were doing the King and I. I'm trying to think of South Australia. And the mayor Bondi said, Beach, was it? Yes, that's it. That's it. And we, we, we arrived, and the mayor said, this is a great day for um, Australia, and we've got Viv Riches and Beefy and the Loon here, and uh, this is going to be great. But before we go, lads, we're going to take you on the river. On the River Murray, we're going to give you a really good time. So we go on this boat. It's God's truth, lads. We go on this boat. And uh, he said, anything I'd like, Beef, fatal, fatal. Yeah, he said, I'll have a go with the controls. Let me have a go with the controls. <laughs> so we're going down the River Murray, and coming towards us is another boat with a band on. You know, it's the right one, it's the left one, it's Martini. And the old, the old skipper said, ah, beefy, to the left a bit, mate. To the left, left a bit, beep, beep, beep. We hit this boat, and I remember the drummer going over the side, the bass player, the whole band ended up in the, in the, in the kind of river. And that was the night, this was before we actually performed. And we went, uh, 
on the stage. I can't go through some of the questions, but they were, they were quite kind of um, lively. And we did a whole tour, um, The King and I, and that was beef. And yeah, he does. He, he, loves, he loves a beer, um, and he's great company, and he's terrific. Uh, I, I do remember some of the questions, but maybe another time, lad. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of um, just hearing about the band playing on yeah. as the boat's going down. That reminds me of that scene <laughs> in Titanic. Yeah. And um, a, a great mutual friend of ours uh, and, a, and a former guest on this show yeah. who wrote the musical score for that scene in Titanic, Mr John Altman. Oh, Johnny Altman, he's a bumbery. He's a great man. <laughs> Best saxophone player in the world. And uh, that's number four for the Bunburys. He's great. He's a great chap. Has he been on your programme? He has, yeah, he has. And uh, uh, a bit like yourself, was, was regaling us with tales of, uh, uh, of, uh, of well-known personalities from the sports world. Yeah. And uh, uh, he told us a great story about, um, as, a, as, a, as a youngster, um, zipping around London, um, coming out from Lords um, in his dad's mini with Peter Sellers jammed yeah. on the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, I knew, I knew Johnny when I was... Um, managing the Bee Gees, they got to a point where they'd run out of ideas. So I took them to Miami, and Johnny, Johnny was always around. John Altman is a great, great musician. I took them to Miami, and still they couldn't come up with some catchy songs. So we're going back to the home, which is fifty-six thirty North Bay Road, and we're going over the Sunny Isles Bridge, lads. And the wheels of the car went. And Barry said, <laughs> Dave, let's go back to the studio. And he went back and he wrote Jive Talking. <laughs> he wrote Jive Talking and Morris and, and Rob were there. Okay, did, did, did this. And, and we released it and we went on tour. And by the time we got to uh, New York, it was number one. I'll tell you what, I've got that queued up. Shall we have a little listen to it? Yeah, yeah, please do. Good hearing that again. I felt so sentimental and nostalgic when I listened to that song. And let me tell you, both you and Webby, that when we went back to the studio and they wrote Jive Talking, there was a newspaper there, and a writer called Nick Cohn had written something in the New York Times about Saturday night's all right. Saturday night's a good time, Get you know, go and have a knees up and all that. And Barry, Robin and Morris sat down, and it is Middle Ear Studios, and the producers, Albie Galuton and Carl Richardson, I remember them, and he wrote Staying Alive, um, How Deep Is Your Love? This was over the next few days. Yeah. You Should Be Dancing, um, and The Jive Talking. And Robert Stigwood, who, who was the boss, and we had a red cow, uh, because when I went for my audition, uh, the Evening News Star Standard fellow on the corner, it said the year of the red cow in Japan, and so when I went for my, um, uh, my um, interview with Robert, he was at 67 Brook Street, and he had a glass table held up by four stone lions, and he said, I've heard all about you. <laughs> You're the one. And I thought there was somebody else in the room. Because <laughs> he managed Frankie Howard and all that lot. Oh, don't stop it. No, we'll stop it. And, <laughs> so, so I'm looking around here. I he said, no, no, you're the one. We're going to start a record label, and it's going to be the biggest independent record label in the world. Now, tell me, what's a good idea for a logo? I said, well, Robert, the Beatles have got an apple, but how about a red cow? It's lucky in Japan, <laughs> right? I <laughs> remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so he said, fine, red cow. So I go to 46 Brook Street, the chairman's at 67 Brook Street, 
and the first two people I signed was Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> and I, I signed them, too. and we did Joseph, uh, an amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And uh, then I did a song myself, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window Backwards? Window Doggy, How Much Is? <laughs> it sold three copies, and the chairman said, I want to talk to you. This, is, this isn't really it, Dave. <laughs> uh, I want you to get these Bee Gees boys together. So I got the Bee Gees in, and we became great friends. And now I'm accelerating. So we then went to Miami, Sunny Isles Bridge, jive talking. And then Robert Stigwood said, fine. I said, look, Robert, we should do a film with these songs. It would be great. And it should be all about Saturday night. Saturday night's the night. You'll work hard during the week, but let's go and, and we'll do it. And, and with Saturday Night Fever, and we auditioned John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, and we made the film. And in four years, it was 1973, four years, RSO became number one independent record label in the world. I had Eric Clapton lay down Sally. Um, <laughs> you look wonderful tonight. That was one of Eric's. Oh, what a record. And, and do you know, lads, we're in Times Square, and it's got the American top ten there. And there it said, Jive Talking, Staying Alive, How Deep You Love, You Should Be Dancing, Lay Down Sally. And Robert Strickland said, I think we should celebrate and go to a club. So we go to this <laughs> nightclub, and this bloke sat on the door said, Hey, man, you can't come out of here without a tie on. You've got to wear a tie, man. You can't walk around like that. So he went, bo, 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 bo. So we all go in there, all jumping about, John Travolta and everything. I said, Robert, how'd you get in? He said, I bought the club. <laughs> <laughs> On one condition, you can't wear a tie to get in. <laughs> now, that's the kind of bloke I was working for. Isn't that great, lads? That's brilliant. Yeah, then we did Greece. Yeah. Uh, so we had a real good run. That was a real good BG time, and then Eric was doing great, you know, too. He was doing his song. So didn't, um, didn't Saturday Night Fever... I'm sure it held some kind of record yep. um, as, a, as, a, as a film soundtrack. Cause it was, was it a double album? It was a double album, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it was the biggest-selling musical soundtrack, certainly at the time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was, and, um, you know, the old RSO cow there, little red cow, uh, it did well. And um, it's a golden time. And then, of course, Greece after that, another, yeah, another yeah. stunning success. Greece is the word, so that was great, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but Stiggy, uh, our boss, he loved it. Anything which was outrageous or whatever, he loved. He, all, he always used to encourage me to be, uh, he said, the reason you've got the job, Dave, is because you're gregarious. You make people laugh. You get them all going. And that's that's how I, I got the job at Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think you're the brother I never had but found. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, Tim Rice there. Now, yeah. Tim's got a great cricketing pedigree as well, hasn't he? Yes, yes. He's got a, a club called the Heart Apes. And uh, he, you know, talks like that. Jolly good. What about Dave? Yeah. You know, a um, bit like Richard Attenborough, actually. They get on well together. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we've played the hard takes. He loves cricket. You must get him on your programme, Daz. Yes. Yes, I will add that one to the list. We've just, uh, uh, in we were just talking before you came on to uh, uh, a lovely chap called Chevy Green, who's part of this ACE charity that's just started. Yeah. We're going to have to get you guys hooked up because he's, yep. it's Afro African-Caribbean engagement. Oh. Uh, and he's he's encouraging uh, young uh, black kids to get involved and take up cricket because, as you and I remember from the 70s and the 80s, uh, there were lots of black players around in, in, on, on the county scene, on yep. the first-class scene, and even on the club scene, but that seems to have disappeared a little bit. Wayne Daniel and yeah. Roland Butcher, Middlesex Sylvester that. Clark. Yeah, yeah, Michael Carberry. Yep. Um, Bunbury. Um, Alex Tudor. Yeah, Alex Tudor was a Bunbury, yeah, absolutely. Yes. You, you know, it's funny, lads, 34 years. Our, our greatest year 
was 2006 and we were playing down at Preston Nomads near Brighton. We had Stokes, Butler, um, Joe Root, Zaffa Ansari. And I used to take them to Nando's uh, <laughs> on the Tuesday and we used to have a knees up. You're going to love this. And I saw Ben Stokes pour Perry Perry sauce into Joe Root's Coca-Cola. <laughs> I caught him. I said, I've got you, Stokes. I've got you. <laughs> anyway, that, that, so Zafar Ansari was the outstanding all-rounder. That You'll love this. He pulled very, very nicely like that. Yeah. I said, well, Zaf, well done. So you're going to play for England one day. You're going to be a batsman and all-rounder. He said, no, I want to be a concert pianist. And that was it. He packed it in when and played piano. That's right. He did. He, he did. Yeah. At the height of his powers. Yeah, but we've had some great players, though. Ian Bell, um, um, Alistair Cook, your, your Essex. Yeah. Uh, Ampleforth College, 2000. There was Ravi Papara, Alistair Cook um, played there. Um, yeah, we had some wonderful uh, players. Well, I'm going to hook you up with Chevy, and we're going to make this happen. We're going to have a Bunbury 11 against an Ace 11. Yeah. Right. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna do good things. Terrific, that's Yeah, let's 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 be a force for good in this dark and dreary world. It's a it's a it's a it's a tough time at the moment, isn't it? It's it's all for a lot of people. It's it's it, there's not a lot to look forward to. So I think uh, we should be doing our bit to, to bring a bit of, um, well, of, of of enjoyment and sunshine. I couldn't agree more. Tonight, you know, today is the first day of the lockdown. Just think, you know, a month. Lockdown now, and it's very hard for young people and old people. And you know, it, it is a it is a hard time. So anything that brings a smile to the face, yes, Tesla, very good. Yes, absolutely. Now, while we were listening to um, the Bee Gees, yeah, Webby was telling me that he thinks he's played against you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. A bit of a long, long time ago, but Brentwood, yeah. which is which is yes. has always been my club and still is. I'm the chairman there now. Oh, well, um, yeah. And my my dad would have captained the Sunday side against Finchley, and I believe you captained. Yes, Finchley that's Sunday right, side Mike as Milton well. There and Tim Selwood. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I was I was captain of uh, Finchley. Um, did you ever come to our benefit days, Webby? We used to have a, a, the, the Arden Field, Arden up in North 3, Finchley. Yeah. I used to sell marquees to different uh, companies. And then we used to have Eric Clapton performing and the Bee Gees at the end of the day. It was fantastic. Just like any other cricket. People can believe it. You know, they used to get absolutely paralytic in the, these tents. You know, wonderful uh, kind of hospitality. Terrific cricket. And it was uh, every team had um, a famous player. Um, it was, uh, yeah, was it eight, eight aside, famous player, and then the music afterwards. And uh, Tremendous. Maybe I met your dad then. You may well have done. Yeah, he, uh, it would have, been, uh, would have been probably beyond my, uh, my drinking years at that point in time. What, what, day, what year would that have been, Webby? Oh, when were we playing over there? That would have been mid-90s, I'd have thought. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's yeah. it. That was bang in the middle of our... Our big days, you know, our big charity games. Yeah, yeah, super. Do you still play? Do, do you both still play? Well, Dad's the same age as you, so he's, <laughs> he's not played well, for young, a few young years. Man, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he's the, he's the president now, so he likes to look on from the sidelines and tell everyone what they're doing wrong. Oh, well, actually, tell everyone what everyone else is doing wrong. Oh. Um, and yeah, I'm the chairman, so I don't get to play much either. These oh, days, well done, so. Webby. <laughs> we have a go, you know. We're did, still did, very did much Paul involved. Did Paul Pritchard play down there? Um, did Pritch play down there? Uh, if he John did, Kyle? it was a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. He's um, played a Billericay for the Taverners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had a lot of guys over. We've had, yeah. You know. Yeah. 
brilliant. David, let me ask you something. Yeah. All these names that you're coming out with, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sat here, my jaw is just bouncing off the desktop here because... Yeah. You know, particularly when you talk about Bridge Too Far, I mean, that, yeah. that, that, that to me was kind of like the sort of the last hurrah for the Hollywood sort of, yeah. you know, stars with the big screen, if you like. You know, these yeah. names you mentioned, Robert Redford, Anthony Quayle, yeah. um, Sir Sean Connery, bless him. Yeah. Who, have, who have you been in the company with where you have been the most starstruck? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, I met Elvis Presley. Um, oh. with Barry Gibb we went down uh, to Gracelands and uh, saw him what was uh, that like? And, um, but to, let's go back to Bridge Too Far that was yeah, 1977 yeah. and out of that lot I think Anthony Hopkins was the most natural Lord Olivier I had a couple of uh, scenes with him where my legs had been shot off this is after the cricket games by the way <laughs> and I had to say my boots are full of blood right this is true yeah. And he said, dear boy, do get this um, line out quickly because I'm at the National Theatre tomorrow and I haven't got much time. So Dickie Attenborough said, right, sound running, turnover, action. And I went, ah, oh, my boots are full of blood. Come. And Attenborough said, Davy, if I'd wanted Tommy Cooper to play this time, <laughs> I would have asked him. So I like, my boots full of blood. <laughs> so, of course, my whole crew now have taken the mickey. I've been hand gestures and all that, all behind the, the director. And, you know, putting me off. And uh, Lord Olivier, he got a bit chirpy. He said, get the line up. You know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I was a bit starstruck by him. But, um, uh, yeah, Elvis was a good one. So you're, you're, you're at Graceland's with, uh, was it Barry Gibb, you said, or Robin yeah, Gibb? Yeah, Barry Gibb. Barry. Barry's my, my best friend. Yeah. Out, out of uh, all those lads. He's the last surviving um, Gibb brother, isn't he? He is, he is. Uh, yeah, Morris was... Uh, terrific very very funny and robin was had a lovely voice yeah you know they wrote all those other songs how do you mend a broken heart broken heart massachusetts words, massachusetts and whatever and the great thing about them lads is that when we got together in the middle ear uh, studios we used to arrive bg and i used to go down there i had an old ford mustang and he used to love this car and the, 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 the bottom of the car was falling out and the wheels didn't work but he loved it he loved the ford mustang so he said, <laughs> let's go. And so we got down the old uh, studios, and they would write two hits a day. They were wow. so kind of um, brilliant. And uh, Barry would come up with an idea. Morris would... Uh, and the funny thing is that all three of them would come to the studio at different times. So Barry and I would arrive at 12 in the Ford Mustang. Mm. Mo would come about 2 o'clock. And Robin would come at 4. And all three of them had the same melody in their head without talking to each other. Wow. How's that? That's wow. brothers. Um, sibling. And, of course, there was Andy Gibb as well, who passed away. So only Barry is um, left now. But, yeah. Is he still living in Miami? Yeah, yeah. North Bay Road. Yeah. Yeah, he's Sir Barry, and uh, he's great. You know, we had so many funny times with him. Now, listen, Graceland's. Yeah. So you're there, Barry Gibb. Yeah, yeah. Well, we go to Graceland's. Uh, Joe Esposito said, hey, Elvis wants to meet you, BG. He wants to talk to you. So we go in there. Um, and how does he go? Uh, yeah, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Bad sounds good. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And he had five TV sets. <laughs> and in the middle of us talking to him, he got out a revolver and shot one of the TV sets. <laughs> Rock mean, and roll. I said, Elvis, I said, in England, we've got a remote controller. 
<laughs> the remote control, yeah, that's very funny. That's very funny. Very funny. <laughs> so the old TV went up. Anyway, they said, right, off we go. So we all go down to this Cadillac dealership, and every week he used to go down, and if there was a down and out or a lady in a box or something like that, he would buy them a car. And there was a lady there, and she, her name was Maria Hotchkiss. She had blue hair. Hey, Elvis, how you doing? Hey, Anna, you want a car? Yeah, I'd like that one there. Okay, Anna, Joe, the car there from Marriott. Okay. Hey, take care. Take care, honey. That's it. <laughs> and then we used to go back. And, uh, you know, so that was my time where I met him, which was kind of quite awe-inspiring. And the TV set kind of was um, quite frightening a bit. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, he's a character, wasn't he? Oh, God, yeah. He never came to England, uh, which was a shame. No, was it Scotland he came Scotland. to? Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he uh, on the way to uh, somewhere with the Colonel Parker, but uh, never came to England. But great, great, great character. They're all great characters. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't in, imagine. In their different ways, you know. Um, so bringing it all up to date, so, so yeah. um, what, what, what are you doing with you? What things are you involved with at the moment? I mean, obviously well, Bunbury, but... Yeah, Bunbury and... Um, to be honest with you, I'm looking for some ideas, lads, to be honest with you. I, I'd like, I've written two autobiographies. Um, I'd like to write maybe another book, but I am actually looking for some other ideas. So if you want me to come and um, sweep the studio or do something down there, I'd be <laughs> delighted. To well, def we're definitely having you in here. Once lockdown is finished and uh, uh, we can all move about a bit more freely again, yeah. um, we're, we're definitely having you in here. And, um, It'd be terrific, Dad. You can maybe do a musical takeover or something one, one evening and... Um, uh, we've we, we got Mark Butcher coming in oh. in the near future, and he's going to bring his guitar and terrific, uh, terrific. He's going to do that. So let's do let's do a David English takeover. Evening, evening with Dave English. Yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Evening with Dave and Butch is a bumbre. He's great, isn't he? Wonderful, Lo lovely guitar player. And yeah. Johnny Altman, get the saxophone out. I tell you what, get the old gig. band together. Yeah, exactly. I think there's 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 the the, the, the brewings of something spectacular here. Ninety eight, not our band. Yeah. 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 Brilliant idea. Darren's decent on the triangle. I can play the drums a bit. Yeah, I can play the drums a bit, but then I think I might get pushed off by Ebony Rainsford Brent because she's a bit of a drummer. Oh, there you go. So you've got drum, saxophone, and guitar. Charlie Dagnall on bass. There, there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, we should, should do a 98 Not Out tune, you know. There should be a tune there. It should be a kind of um, charity uh, single. Theme song. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let's raise, some, let's, let's raise money for the Bunburys. Let's, do, let's yeah, do that. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I did raise money to put on two Junior World Cups. That was. Uh, pretty special. We had the Lombard World Trophy in uh, 1995, I think it was, and then 2000, the Cost Cutter World Challenge. Uh, and we had the final at Lords, the semi-finals, Trent Bridge and Headingley. And that, that was for under 15 World Cup. That was wonderful to see them all play. Uh, Pakistan versus India was the final. They were the best players in the world under mm. 15. And then the 2001, the West Indies played. So Anything to do, to answer your question there, Daz, anything to do with um, youth, cricket, and, um, you know, all this thing at the moment, banning yeah. sports in school, is terrible, isn't it? Yeah, for the youngsters, it's, 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 it's an absolute disaster. You know, they've got to give them the chance to, to run it off and show what they can do, their skills, and uh, I think that's essential. Also, I've been watching the IPL. Have you been watching it? Yeah, we were talking oh, yeah. about it earlier on. Where we had fantastic cricket, but no spectators. I know, yeah. I know. And, and that's really the differentiator for the IPLs, wasn't it? The, the, the crowds in the crowd, India. The energy, they draw yeah. off the energy in all those wonderful moments. Um, that that uh, Hardik and uh, 
Corin, Nicholas Catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All that, you know, Coley and all that. And I watched it today. But when you see Abu Dhabi and uh, you know the Sharjah and whatever empty, no, the no, stands. No. God, the place would go mad, wouldn't it? It would. It would. Well, it should be back at Eden Gardens or um, yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. who, who are the, who are your? Okay, right. Let's. Uh, who are your current? I want to know who your current favourite players are and who are your all-time heroes. Well, Gary Sobers is my hero. Sir Garfield mm-hmm. is, is the greatest cricketer I ever saw. Um, beefy, most certainly, <laughs> yeah. uh, on and off the field, heart as big as a roundabout, fantastic, you know, great bloke. Viv Richards, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I remember I, you I would say that. He was a really good lad yeah. who you should get on the programme. That's Freddie Flintoff. What a top man. He's way too important for us these days. He's no, no, busy Fred, lad, Fred, Fred, Fred was a Bunbury. And then you've got Stokes, Butler and Root. Um, I'm big fans of them. Um, I think A.B. de Villiers is very entertaining. Well, get all of them a, give all of them a shout and say, look, yeah. you've got to come on. Or if you well, could just on, give on us your Dave phone. Book, show, we've got the band and we've got Johnny Orton, yeah. Butch, you've got you on drums. What does Webby play? Anything you like <laughs> with okay, that card. Well, harmonies. Yeah, 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 harmonies in the backup. Yeah, yeah the do vocals. The do-ops, yeah. Mm. Um, but no, it would be great to get uh, some of them on. But uh, who are your um, favourite uh, cricketers then, lads? Tell me. Oh, um, pretty similar in my case. I think definitely both of them. And, and Richards, yeah. um, when I was growing up, was uh, the, the pair of them, what they, yeah. you know, what Richards did for. Caribbean people yep. in this country, and 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 you know, let you know, gave people purpose to their stride. You know, after watching him play, yeah, uh, and, and both of them as well because they were very similar. Yes, um, but also, I think with both of them, he stood for so many other things away from the game. He you know, did. his stance on apartheid in South Africa and all the rest mm, of yeah. it, and didn't and didn't go. That's right. And and as as we've been talking about the the amount of stuff that he does away from the game. Yep. Yep, um, for charity. Yeah. Um, modern era players. Are, um, ben Stokes is very entertaining, isn't he? Yeah. Kumar Sangakkara. Yeah, brilliant. And I was at Lord's when he gave that speech, um, which brought the whole place to an absolute standstill, the, um, the, the, the spirit of cricket lecture. Yes. Which is normally just a sort of a run-of-the-mill, I think you've been at a few of them, it's normally a run-of-the-mill affair, and there's a bit of a Q&A, and then everyone has a glass of something nice yep. afterwards, and it's all very polite. Yeah. But when Kumar did it, and he started talking about being on that bus in Pakistan when the uh, terrorists attacked yep. and bullets ringing through, yes. was was an incredible moment, and he spoke so well. Um, and again, as a cricketer, you know, with the gloves and with the bat, um, fantastic. And then, I suppose, um, Chris Gale, who we were talking about. Oh, earlier. fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. But you know, lads, in my... Um charity side. I'll tell you who was very popular. Ian Wright. Oh, yeah. Wrighty was great. Um, Bill Wyman, uh, he got a hat trick at the Oval um, and he had a fag on and he bowling his <laughs> off breaks. And Ever the Leslie Grantham, uh, oh, Dennis Waterman, uh, Eric, always looking the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> but, but afterwards, you'd get the guitar out in the, in the dressing room. Fantastic. You know, we used to sit there and have a good old sing-song. Um, it, it's it's quite surreal, isn't it? I'm I'm really glad that you you've asked me to come on your program, lads, because it's it's a long time ago. These and the, the memories are very nostalgic. 
Oh yeah. And I miss I miss the camaraderie, don't you? Don't you miss all the? Um, do you get lots of people coming to uh, the studios or? To no, we can't. We're not, no, we can't. It's, it's everyone has to be on the phone and. Yeah. Uh, no, we just sit here looking at each other, socially distancing. <laughs> oh, how sweet. <laughs> oh, congratulations. No touching. <laughs> oh, Fortunately, the lights are up. You, and it's, it's not candlelit. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to uh, cricketing heroes, I mean, as a left-handed batsman, I was always a, a huge fan of David Gower. And yeah. I think he went up even further in my estimation with his Tiger Moth incident. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. You just can't see that these days, can you? Who was the other person? Was it? Was it um, John Morris? John Morris, great. Well, he's a character, wasn't he? God, wonderful. David Gower was so natural and elegant. Beefy was rumbustrous. Viv was um, fantastic. Never wore a helmet. No, no, he didn't. And I'll tell you a true story. He said, "Brother D, we're at Lords. Uh, where, where are you sitting?" I said, "Well, I'm up the back there on the, in the mound stand." And he said, "Well, whereabouts?" I said, "Well, I'll be with a lady with a pink hat." This is absolute truth. He got a hundred, and the next ball. He, he hit, obviously didn't hit the big ping hat, but towards us, and it must have landed about 20 yards away from us. Mm. And I stood up, and he stood there with a bat and waved it at me. And I thought that was... Ex- and afterwards, I said, Vivi, he said, yeah, man, I saw the pink hat. I saw the pink hat. His eyesight was fantastic. Mm. Now, that's incredible, isn't it? Mm. He, he was a, 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 a magician, Vivi, Big Bird, Joel Garner. Uh, I tell you, he was a very popular. Uh, Jeff Thompson. Yeah. Tomo. Yeah. And Lily. We were talking um, about Tomo earlier, weren't we? Yeah. Currently, uh, the, those IPL boys, you know, Chris Gale, uh, <laughs> terrific. Yeah. And um, the others. But uh, see, going back there to your dad's days there, uh, Webby, at Brentwood in the 90s, when you think that's 30 years ago. Yeah. That is frightening, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? We I were just reading out the birthdays of the week. We do a feature called Cricketing Birthdays of the Week. And yeah. It's, it's quite sobering when you sort of mention people. Now, we just talked about Rod Marsh there. Yeah. 73 this week. Oh, fantastic. What a great man. Have you met, have you met his, his name's Bacchus, because he's always said Bacchus up. He was, he, <laughs> he, 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 he's a great bloke. He's a Bunbury. And oh, really? Lily, Lily Marsh and Tomo, they were great. And uh, uh, Mark War, Steve War, um, that, that was a great... Has he been... You must get him on the programme in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. Now we'll have we'll have anyone that's interesting, anyone that's yeah. um, played the game with the right spirit and yeah. uh, and a story to tell. And was good fun off off the field. Yeah, and I can imagine uh, would have been a good mate of all of you guys down at Annabelle's back in the eighties. Absolutely was Annabelle's, and then Carnaby Street. We were down there, and uh, the Cavern in Liverpool, which was fantastic. The Beatles. Um, Ringo used to play in the Bunburys. Um, not, I never met John Lennon. I met Paul McCartney once, but uh, the Bee Gees and, and a lot of the musicians. The Kinks used to play uh, for the Bunburys. That's 1980 uh, and whatever. But, but um, yeah, I wonder where they all are, these, these Bunbury boys. Well, let's get them all out. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's shake the truth. They're all set at home. Like, you know, this is what I've been or we've been doing through lockdown is, is yeah. tracking people down. Yeah. And they're sat there next to the fireplace, dribbling a little bit and yep. falling asleep. Yeah. And then we say, look, just come on the show for 15 minutes. It's over the phone. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go anywhere. And nine times out of ten, or 99 times out of 100, they'd say, OK, then go on then. I'll come on. They would love it. 
So we're going to, ahead of getting you on for a David English special, we're going to shake a few of these guys out of their stupor. That's it, rekindle the flame. That's right, that's right. And you know what, Daz and Webby, when they get together like that, you just re-engage, you carry on from the last time you saw each other. Yeah, of course, It's wonderful, the brotherhood, the friendship, and I I always, when the Bunburys get their cat, I always give them the the little poem, um, Bunbury stands for freedom, stands for fun, stands for ever being young, do a good turn unto others. Never turn from your quest. For you, Webby and Dazzler are a Bunbury, and a Bunbury does his best. And they get that, and we all clap. And they does that get mean we cap. get a cap now, we've been mentioned? Yeah, yeah, you're now Bunburys. Oh, fantastic. How do you feel? Change your life? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a lifetime achievement. <laughs> Honorary Bunbury. No, it's absolutely, it's absolutely up there. We'd go out for a celebratory pint if the pubs were open. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. You know, I'd love to go and have a Guinness beer. Or oh. Sauvignon Blanc. I'd love a glass of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, nicely chilled. French or Chilean? Um, oh. French. Francais. <laughs> oh. C'est bon, c'est très bien. Mais ah, c'est pas mal du tout. Je, je m'appelle David Anglais. <laughs> <laughs> je m'appelle David Anglais. Uh, oui, c'est, c'est bon. J'ai joué le cricket. J'aime beaucoup le cricket. C'est très bien. Oh. Don't start me. That's another. I lived in Paris for eight years. I've got all kinds of stories about cricket in France. Did you? For another time, David. For another time. Well, Richard Bardo time. used to bat four for the Bunbury, number four. <laughs> Daddy, they got to put uh, the pads on now and go out and play, you know. So that is it, Brigitte. <laughs> Brigitte Bardo. <laughs> c'est bon, c'est très bien. Ah. Cet amour, si fragile comme un nuage d'été, c'est bon. <laughs> Dazzler et Webby, c'est bon. 98, that's uh, nerf wit, not out. La belle, éco- la belle époque. La belle époque. Faites <laughs> <laughs> attention, c'est bon. C'est bon. David Anglais, oui. it's been an absolute pleasure. Merci beaucoup. Absolute pleasure. Oh. And the start of something massive. We're going to get you hooked up with Ace. We're going right, to get the band together. We're going to get Johnny Altman and get him to get the sax out. And Please do. And, and he'll have stories. And once we all get together with Butch, Butch, John yeah. Um, and, um, and Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc, Brigitte, uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know, she's probably 85 now, but uh, we can get her up from yeah. uh, Saint-Tropez. Yeah. And uh, yeah, why not? You know, we'll have a kind of a whole tapestry of characters. Absolutely. Brilliant. Many, many thanks, and we'll catch up soon. Well, Dazzler and Webby, I miss you already. Thank you so much for rekindling these memories. It's been great. And uh, I know what's going to happen now. We're going to put the phone down. I think I should have told the boys that one. But we'll wait for the next time. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Au revoir.